Praise the Lord. It's great to be alive in the house, and it's great to have a house that's alive. Glory to God. Rejoicing in the Lord, praising the Lord. Let God be praised in the sanctuary. Today I'm going to speak on the subject, Rich Toward God. In all the years of preaching, I've never preached the scriptures I'm going to this morning with this perspective that I have. So I trust it will go deep into your heart, and there may be more here than you will pick up at first hearing. So put it down in your heart, and let's understand that Jesus teaches that he wants us to be rich to God, rich toward God. In Luke 12, 21, the Bible says, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the last statement of the parable we're going to look at. Jesus said, is not rich toward God. We have an opportunity in this life to become rich toward God. And I trust this morning in our hearts that we'll take that in, say, I want to become rich toward God. <clears throat> we have an opportunity to serve the Lord in an appropriate way. Now in Luke 12, verse 16, Jesus said, says he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. How many want to be rich toward God? Let's take in the word today and receive what the Lord is saying. Jesus said he's encouraging us to become rich toward God, that we have an opportunity to become rich toward God. We only have one life to live. Let's make the most of it for Jesus Christ, for our own spiritual reward in the heavenly kingdom. The truth is we're going to spend the vast majority of our life not on this earth, but in heaven. So let's prepare. Let's set our hearts toward it. Let's lay up treasure to the place that we're going to live forever. Matthew 6, 19 to 21, a comparison passage. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Number one this morning, rich in finances. Rich in finances. God wants us to become rich in finances. Now in this parable of Luke chapter 12, Jesus is obviously talking about finances and money. 
and that we are to lay up treasure in heaven. We are to lay up finances in heaven. Finances are not the only riches that make us rich toward God, but they are definitely a very specific item of riches that we must be involved with. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Rich in finances. I'm so thankful for the knowledge of the Lord, the Bible. For how would we know how to serve the Lord acceptably in our finances if God had not given us understanding and revelation? Just like every other area and department of our life. The Lord has come. He's given us understanding. He says, this is how I want to be worshipped. This is how I want to be honored. This is how I want my people to direct their finances. And as we look into the Word of God, we find there are three financial avenues. Tithes, offerings, and alms. Tithes, offerings, and alms. Tithes, from a word meaning the tenth, are 10% of our income that we give to the Lord. Tithes are duty. Tithes are duty. We pay tithes, the Bible says. It's God's legitimate taxation on his people for the infrastructure and the blessing of his kingdom in the earth. Tithes are 10% of our giving to the Lord. Offerings are not duty, but discretionary, given according to the liberality, the means, the generosity of the giver. Tithes are... 10% offerings are gifts over and above 10%. And then there are alms as well, which are charitable gifts, gifts to help the poor and needy, people that need a helping hand, and to care for those less fortunate. Tithes, offerings, and alms are God's financial avenue in the earth for his people. Rich in finances, Rich toward God in finances means that we begin to obey, begin to submit ourselves to the ordinances of the Lord and follow what the Lord says. A child in the house of the Lord should be taught by their parents to begin to tithe. Why? They need to lay up treasure in heaven as well as develop their own spiritual capacities and bless the kingdom of God in the earth teenagers, young people that start to get a job. 10% belongs to the Lord. The tithe is the Lord's, the Bible says. Jesus said, I want you to become rich toward God. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15, the apostle Paul said, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving. Giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Do you know that you have a bank account in heaven? You have a heavenly bank account. It's set out in your name, and you can make deposit into that bank account anytime you want. Think about it this morning. I have a bank account in the heaven, and how's it adding up? 
rich toward God, faithful in tithes and offerings and alms, growing that heavenly bank account for the glory of God and for eternal reward. That's the desire that Jesus has for every one of us, that we would not be paupers in heaven, but princes, because we've laid a treasure before the Lord. You have a bank account on earth in some financial institution, and you have a bank account in the heavens, and we are to lay up treasure in heaven. You can make an e-transfer anytime you want, an eternity transfer. You give your money to the Lord, and it automatically goes into the heavens, into eternity. Become rich toward God. Jesus said, I'm sorry, I'll look at, Jesus, Jesus said, lay not up treasure on earth. He didn't mean that we shouldn't have belongings in this life, that we should have nothing. Obviously, that's impossible for one. We need things in this life. The Bible says your heavenly Father knows, what, knows the things you have need of. We need a home. We need a house. We need shelter. We need food. We need clothing. We need necessities. We need personal belongings. We need appliances. We need tools and items. We need vehicles of transportation. Jesus wasn't saying we should not have any of these things, obviously. He was speaking comparatively. He said, I know you have to look after things in this life, but he was cautioning us against excess, against materialism, against the preoccupation with things in this life, with imbalance. He said, I want you to lay up treasure in heaven. Sure, you have to look after the things of this life. Your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. And if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, those things will be added unto you. But he said, lay up treasure in heaven. Lay up treasure in heaven. Become rich toward God. The Lord knows we need things in this life. Jesus grew up in Nazareth. He grew up in a home, in a family, in a house. That house had belongings and appliances and furniture. He grew up in the carpenter shop with all the tools of the trade, everything that was necessary to conduct that business in this life. When Jesus began his ministry at 30 years of age, he moved across from Nazareth to Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee, and the Bible says he had a house there, either rented or owned. It became kind of a ministry center for him, but it was his residence and the disciples, and Jesus had transportation, a boat to cross the Galilee to the different towns and villages dotting the shores. Jesus had means of transportation. He had finances to look after. Judas, it says, kept the money bag or the money box Finances to take care of the ministry team, the evangelistic endeavors, the travels from place to place. Obviously, we have treasure we need in this life. We have treasure. People in those days needed donkeys and horses and camels. We need our cars and trucks. 
transportation. And so we understand that there is treasure we need in this life, but we are to balance it out and make sure that while we are looking after the needs of this life, that we don't become overly excessive, but that we make sure that we're looking after our heavenly bank account and that we're becoming rich toward God. Proverbs 21 and verse 20 says, there is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise. There is treasure in the houses of God's people. So when Jesus says, lay not up treasure, and then it says there is treasure in the houses of God's people, this is not a contradiction, for the Bible doesn't contradict itself. It's merely showing that we must have some treasure in this life, but we are laying up treasure in heaven above all for the kingdom of God and of our Lord. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. No treasure, no heart. No treasure, no heart. We have treasure in our homes, in our vehicles, in our belongings, in our personal effects. And because we've invested in them and poured thousands of dollars into those items, we value them. Our heart is there. We care for them, as the Bible says we should. We look after these things. No treasure, no heart. But we have treasure in the earthly things that God has given to us, and therefore our heart is there. Our value is there. When a person loses everything, what happens? They lose heart. No treasure, no heart. They give up. They lose heart. They don't know if they want to live or die. Why? No treasure in the earth. That's how important treasure is in the earth. And that's how important treasure is in the heavens. And we must balance it out and look after both realms before the Lord. Why do we have treasure in our family, our children, our friends? Because we have invested in them. Why is our heart with our family, with our children? Why do we yearn over our loved ones? Because we have invested in them. We've invested in our children. Just think of the cost of raising one child, financially and spiritually and morally, investing prayers. Wow, we've put a lot of treasure into our children. And because the treasure is there, the heart is there also. We have a desire for heaven. We long to be with the Lord. Someday forever we'll be with him. Why do we have a heart for heaven? Because we've been sending treasure into the heavens. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Why do we treasure this church? Why do we value Christ City and its ministry? Because we have invested in this place. We've poured our lives, our strength, our finances, our prayers, everything we have to see the kingdom of God prosper and be a blessing, not only to a spiritual family here, and how thankful we are to have a spiritual home in which we can raise our sons and daughters and be in fellowship to the glory of God. 
but beyond that to reach out to a city as a witness and as a light of Jesus Christ and to the ends of the earth as God leads us to different countries and places to pour abundantly the supply of the Spirit of Christ to these places. We value this church. We have a heart for this church because our treasure is in this church. Now, some people don't value this church. Why? No treasure. No treasure, no heart. They haven't invested. They haven't prayed. They haven't given. But I pray to God that they have a heart for the church that they belong to. Because where their treasure is, there their heart will be also. No treasure, no heart. How important it is that we put our treasure and invest and our heart will follow in with that because the Lord knows that that's how this principle works. Today is Vision Offering Sunday, one day in a year where we give an extra offering to the work of the Lord beyond our regular tithes and offerings. We give a special offering to the work of the Lord. And over the years of taking the vision offering, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars have poured through the treasury of this house to bless this house, to bless this city, to bless the nations of the world, to bless widows and orphans, to bless pastors and ministries, to raise up the work of the Lord and be a witness to the name of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful opportunity to be rich toward God. Another day I can send some money into my heavenly bank account for the glory of God. How important it is to reach to the nations of the world. The Lord knows that the kingdom of God needs finances. Revelation 5.12 says, Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Seven things, but one of them is riches. The Lord needs the finances. He said, bring the tithes, bring the offerings, bring the alms into the house of the Lord. We thank God for the silver and the gold. The Lord says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. And in this place will I give peace. Wonderful prophetic promises of the Lord over the church. So we thank God that we can give our finances rich in finances. Rich in finances. Jesus said, lay up treasure in heaven. How's your heavenly bank account coming along today? Maybe you've never taken time to check out your heavenly bank account. Why don't you do some quick calculation this morning and let your heart rejoice in the goodness of the Lord? How many thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and some, according to ability and opportunity, have sent millions into their heavenly bank account now, in nations where the economies are not like ours in the Western world, it's still according to proportion, tithes, offerings, and alms. But what a blessing. Think about what you've sent in the heavens, what's in your heavenly bank account. Add it up and rejoice in the Lord because you have become rich toward God. Now, finances aren't the only riches, the only 
way that we become rich toward God, there are others, and I want to mention a few of them briefly, but not dwell on them. Number two, rich in faith. Rich in faith. Jesus said, I want you to be rich toward God. James 2.5, listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Don't you want to be rich in faith? Now, you don't have to be poor in this world to be rich in faith. You can be rich in this world and be rich in faith. It's a matter of your spirit. Faith is a believing spirit. Faith takes hold of the promises of God until those promises take hold of you. Faith believes. Faith speaks. Faith declares. Faith moves. Faith apprehends. Faith takes hold of the future. Faith says, let us go up at once. We are well able to overcome it. If the Lord delight in us, he will give us the land like Caleb and Joshua, and he will, we will delight in it, a land flowing with milk and honey, rich in faith, people that take hold of the promises of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we take hold of the promises of God. We become rich in a believing spirit. While others are in unbelief, shrinking back, people of faith say, we believe God. We have his promise. He's spoken to us. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen to those who believe. Jesus said to people in his day, your faith has made you whole. How did they get that faith? They took hold of a promise of God until that promise took hold of them. And they came out of their part into wholeness. They were in part and they were made whole. Let's become people rich in faith, rich in a believing spirit, rich, quick to take hold of the promises of God and stand on them. Number three, rich in good works. 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works. That they be rich in good works. How many want to be rich toward God? You have to become rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. A people rich in good works. It's part of becoming rich toward God. Now, how do you become rich in good works? You have to go to work. You have to go to work. You can't walk by opportunities. You've got to fight against spiritual ease and spiritual sloth when you know there's opportunity, when there are needs, when you could volunteer, when you could serve, when you could pray, when you could minister, when you could give. Rich in good works, looking for opportunities. Wow, I've got to fill up my bank account with some good works. I want to be rich in good works. Where can I serve in the church? Is there somebody I can help this week? I know of a need. Oh, I'll pretend I don't know. Hey, that's an opportunity. I can go and add some good works into my bank account and become rich toward God.
serve, volunteer, give, invest, pray, take opportunity, volunteer, pour out your life, and you'll become rich in good works. Number four, rich in word, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ is the word about Christ, which is the word of God. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. From cover to cover, this book is about Jesus Christ. He's the word of God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Let's become rich in the word of God by meditating on the word, pondering, learning, being under teaching as we are and preaching of the gospel, pondering, learning, studying, becoming rich in the word. Can you say in your own life today, I, I, the word of Christ dwells in me richly. I know the word of God. I read the Bible through every year. I meditate on its promises. I search it out daily. I live in its wonder, rich in the word of God. Jesus said, I want you to become rich toward God. And another way is becoming rich in the word. Psalm 119, 127 says, Therefore I love your commandments more than gold. Yes, than fine gold. I love your commandments more than gold. These are greater riches than the riches of this life. Number five, rich in reproaches. Persecutions for the gospel, hostilities, unpopularity for the name of Jesus. This is a different kind of riches, isn't it? Hebrews 11:26, speaking of Moses, says, He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. He esteemed the reproaches, the hostilities, the persecutions, the martyrdoms. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And Egypt was in its golden age. He said, the reproaches of Christ are great riches to me. When I face ridicule for the gospel, when I'm persecuted... Have people made fun of you because you're a Christian? Have family members slandered and spoken against you, turned away from you, rejected you? Riches, riches for Christ. The early church rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. They said, we're just taking in riches right now. These are the riches of Christ. These are the riches of the reproach of Christ. Have you been passed over at your place of employment because you're a Christian and not tolerant enough for the age in which we live? That's a reproach for Christ but that's a riches to you. That's a riches that goes to your account. And so we understand that in this life, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. There will be rejection. People will push you away. Jesus said, don't marvel not if the world hate you. He said, they hated me. They will hate you. 
but it's not really you. They hate the gospel. They hate the truth of Jesus Christ and the salvation of mankind in the way God has set it forth. Well, I want to close out with three, three scriptures. 1 Corinthians 4.8. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians. Now, as we read these words, understand that he was speaking these words in a, with a derision, with a tone of sarcasm, because this church that he had founded in Corinth was now rejecting his ministry. They had set the Apostle Paul aside. And they said, we're full, we're, we're rich, we reign in life. Listen to his words. He said, you are already full. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And then he softens, and the lament is there. And he said, and indeed, I could wish you did reign, that we also might reign with you. What a heart in the apostle. He said, oh, you're full. You're, you're rich. You reign. I would to God you did reign, even if you reject us and we're excluded from your rejoicing and fellowship. This church that the apostle had founded, he brought them the gospel. They'd received the gospel. They'd been saved. A church had been founded and formed, but now the apostle Paul was not as popular among them as he once was. They had other ministries that were more current, more popular than the apostle Paul. He'd kind of been set aside, but he said to them, listen, Regardless of all that, even if you set me aside, he said, I rejoice. I thank God when you are full. I thank God when you reign in life by one Jesus Christ and overcome. And I thank God when you are rich. I thank God when you are rich. What a heart for the church. God wants us full. God wants us to reign. God wants us rich toward God. Luke chapter 16 and verse 9, Jesus said, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, by the riches of this world, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Make friends for yourself by means of money, that when you fail, People will receive you into your everlasting home. What a word from the Lord. Make to yourselves friends by means of money. Because every dollar you give for the gospel goes directly into your heavenly bank account. And one day when you fail, when you pass from this life, the people that have been touched and saved and brought to the gospel by the finances you gave will welcome you into, into your eternal home and they will say, thank you for giving to the Lord. I was a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I was a life that was saved. They'll welcome us into eternal habitations, into our eternal home. Lives that are saved, lives that are in the kingdom, lives that are in heaven because of the efforts of the people of God to spread the gospel through finances and by their means. 
Though sometimes we give now and we do it willingly and cheerfully unto the Lord. We wish sometimes we could give more. We want to give to the Lord and yet as we give sometimes, yet we struggle to make our own ends meet. But one day that warfare will be over forever. And every one of us will be more than glad for every dollar we gave to Jesus Christ and the work of the gospel. Second Corinthians 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He gave it all. That you through his poverty might become rich. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus gave it all. He gave it all for us. He surrendered everything and he died a cruel death on the cross. He gave everything for us that we might be rich. Rich in salvation, rich in mercy, rich in kindness, rich in the love of God, rich in Christian character, rich in holiness, rich in sanctification, rich in godliness, rich in faith, rich in good works, rich in finances, rich in reproaches, rich in the Word of God, rich in our family, rich in our churches, rich in the gospel, rich in the great wonders of God's salvation as miracles. Jesus Christ gave it all that we might become rich. And today, as we consider the riches of heaven, that we also set our tithes, offerings, and alms. We set our riches toward heaven, toward our heavenly bank account that we would give in this life as well, that we could be rich in eternity, but that as well we could make many other people rich by our giving and our sacrifice and offering to the Lord. God bless you today. Let's stand together. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Take a moment this morning and thank God for the riches of Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ and how God has prospered you and how God has blessed you and how God wants to use you and give you an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom. Say this morning, Lord, I want to be rich toward God. I want to be rich in my finances. I want to be rich in faith, a believing spirit. I want to be rich in good works, pouring my life out for the people of earth and for the gospel. I want to be rich in the word. I want to be rich in reproaches, if that come along as well. So let's offer ourselves to the Lord this morning, rich toward God.